Jesus, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you, you care so deeply for each one of us. We thank you for your invitation for more, into more. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here this morning. You're welcome to come and just ignite our hearts. Pour out fresh fire, fresh revelation this morning of who you are. Amen. This morning as we uh, kick off our vision series, uh, I mentioned uh, I mentioned last week, because this was supposed to be last week's message, um, that we want to look at the vision for the next 10 years of the church. And, uh, and I really felt this, this phrase uh, highlighted to me as I was looking at the vision for the church over the next 10 years. And as we were away for the month of half of January and half of February, I was just thinking and praying into, God, is this, is this the direction we're heading? Is this what you want for us? Just make it clear. Um, and and I feel like he did. Um, so we're going to launch into that. But as you know, we were away for a month. Uh, we had an awesome time. We had a great time with family. Uh, lots of great food, and just it's it's really special to uh, to be able to spend that time with family, to to worship with believers in another part of the world, uh, to just it. It gives you fresh perspective on uh, where you live and uh, what God is doing here on Salt Spring as well. Um, So, for the most part, it's good to be back. Um, But as I was as I was thinking about this idea of vision, this this one phrase came to me. It was this phrase: "I see a church." I I see a church in the next 10 years, that looks like Jesus. You know, the, the, one of the stats that gets put out there a lot is, is that, uh, you know, people ask, well, why, what is the biggest detraction from, for people from following Jesus? And so many people say, it's meeting people who call themselves Christians, but don't act like Christ. That the biggest detractor from our mission, which is to make disciples followers of Jesus, is that we don't live like Jesus. I see a church that is so passionate 
about making Jesus famous. That they will, they will stop at nothing. That we will, will decide that by living like Jesus, we'll put him on display to the world. See, here's the thing is, is as followers of Jesus, it actually looks like something to follow him. Sometimes we can, you know, we can, we can do the act, we can sing on the worship team, we can, uh, you know, help in all these different areas, we can do all these different things. We can be, you know, the one that's at all the events and at all the meetings. But we don't actually live like Jesus. The inverse can be true. We can say, well, well, we are so opposed to hypocrisy that we're not going to go to any of the meetings. We're not going to sing any of the songs. We're not going to pray any of the prayers. Because all we see is that that results in hypocrisy. And we can do all of that and we can still not look anything like Jesus. We can know all the scriptures and still not know Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. This is kind of a... Honestly, this verse hurts. Okay, so as we read it, I just want us to invite the Holy Spirit just to, to speak to us through it. Because we love to kind of skip over passages like this. We're going to start reading verses 1 to 9. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation this morning. Matthew chapter 15. It says, Then the Pharisees and religious scholars came from Jerusalem and approached Jesus with this question. Why do your disciples ignore the traditions of our elders? For example, they don't ceremonially wash their hands before they eat bread. And Jesus answered, I love this, just... Let's just pause there for a second, because most of us would be like, oh, sorry, sorry, we didn't know. Right? Like, oh, we missed the tradition? I'm so sorry. Let's, let's fix that. But this is Jesus' answer. He comes right back at them. He's like, and why do you ignore the commands of God? You guys realize who he's talking to. He's talking to the religious scholars, the Pharisees, the people who are experts in the law, who are experts in the commands of God who are known for being the people who are supposed to be following them. And Jesus' response is, And why do you ignore the commands of God? Because of your traditions. For didn't God say, Honor your father and mother, and whoever abuses or insults his father or mother must be put to death. But you teach that it's permissible to say to your parents, when they are in financial need, whatever gift you would have received from me, I can keep for myself since I dedicate it as an offering to God. This doesn't honor your father or mother, and you have elevated your traditions above the words of God. Frauds and hypocrites. Isaiah describes you perfectly when he says, These people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. They pretend to worship me, but their worship is nothing more than the empty traditions of men. We're going to go a little bit further. It says, Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Come, listen, and open your heart to understand. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts in his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. 
That's what makes a per- people defiled. Then his disciples approach him and said, Don't you know that you've, what you've just said offended the Pharisees? See, the, the essence of what we have come to see as Pharisees and religious scholars is that their, their actions, they, they have actions that are there, but their hearts are far from God. That's what Jesus is calling out. This idea that you can do all the actions and still not know Jesus. Or you can do none of the actions and still not know Jesus. And it's not that Jesus in this passage is condemning orthodoxy. Right? He's not saying, well, well, just throw everything out. And In fact, there's another passage where he says, when you look at the religious teachers, do what they say, but don't do what they do. So it's not that Jesus is just throwing out orthodoxy and saying, okay, we're just going to start all over. He's not just throwing out doctrine and saying, believe whatever you want. What he's saying is, don't say something and never live it. In essence, it's what we do when we say, I believe Jesus heals, but I'll never pray for the sick. I believe Jesus is loving, but love is not reflected in my life. I believe in forgiveness as long as it's extended to me and I never have to extend it. See, maybe this morning, this is your first time in church. Maybe, maybe, or maybe you've grown up in the church. Maybe you grew up with church and you were turned off from Jesus. But I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus is a person. He's a person to be known. It's not about an ideology that we just say, well, yeah, I ascribe to that. I kind of like how that sounds. But just like Mike and Karen shared this morning, it's about knowing a person and being transformed by that person. If, if I was to say, well, I am in relationship with my wife, but we never talk. I don't really know what she thinks about politics. I don't know what she thinks about life. I, we just haven't been bothered to go there. You would look at me and say, well, you're not really in a relationship. Right? In the same way, we, we're invited to not just know Jesus, but to be transformed by Him. To actually live in a way where we reflect Jesus to the world. And I know a lot of you know this, that it's not just about coming and praying a prayer and, and you know, we try and do our best. That's not what following Jesus is about. Following Jesus is about coming into relationship with Him. Allowing Him, by His Holy Spirit, to come and transform us. To actually change us. That's why in Romans it talks about you being a new creation. It actually says the old is gone and the new has come. We are invited 
to know Jesus so intimately that as we know Him, He rubs off on us. It's not about, well, now I know that I'm supposed to love people more. But it's actually about letting the one who is love come and transform us so that we start to look like love. It's actually about allowing the forgiveness of Jesus not just to affect us that we can say, praise Jesus, I'm forgiven, but where we actually extend forgiveness to those around us. That we actually reflect Jesus to the world because of how intimately we know him. See, there's this thing that we, we tend to do. We all want Jesus on our side. Right? Anybody want Jesus not on their side? You, maybe don't put your hand up. <laughs> we all want Jesus on our side. And so whatever political perspective, whatever uh, life perspective we have, we think Jesus also has that perspective. So Jesus is conservative. Or Jesus is liberal. Or Jesus is vegan. Or Jesus is a pacifist. Right? We love to try and fit Jesus into the box that we've created. We're like, well, this is what I believe, so Jesus is going to come and he's going to fit into my life. He's going to come and he's going to obviously agree with me. Sorry, the rest of you, but Jesus agrees with me. And so then we either, we, we, when we come to the scriptures, we try and read passages and we're like, well, that offends me. So obviously that's not what Jesus is saying. Right? Kind of like the Pharisees here where, where the disciples come and they're like, hey, Jesus, don't you realize you just offended a whole bunch of people? Now, don't mishear me. I'm not saying we go around offending people. That's not looking like Jesus. Okay? It's not the purpose. Offense is not the purpose. Okay? If people are offended with you, it doesn't mean you're doing your job right. Can we just clear that off the table? But we can... We can I think what if instead we understood this, this the, the Bible uses this analogy of, of the church being the bride of Christ. While we were in Israel, we were at a wedding and, and it got me thinking about this whole idea of, of being married to Christ. And as a guy, that still doesn't make sense, but it's in there, so I believe it. But a bride goes through a preparation process. Before a wedding. She undergoes a transformation. She, she changes her makeup. She does her hair. She finds the most beautiful dress she can find. In, in some cultures, there's, there's a whole purification process that goes before that. In, in Jewish culture, the bride goes to uh, actually what, what we would look at as like a baptism ceremony. But it's a ceremony of, of purification before the wedding. And it got me thinking, what, how often do we think 
about our lives with Jesus as, as this preparation for a wedding. That we are actually to undergo a transformation. That, that the way I thought before I knew Jesus doesn't carry over to me knowing Jesus. It actually, it actually gets thrown out. Right? I don't, in, in essence, I don't show up to the wedding in my sweatpants. Right? Looking like I just got out of bed and haven't had my coffee yet. Can you imagine if you got to a wedding and the, the bride shows up, she's wearing sweatpants, she's got drool stains down her shirt, her hair is all disheveled. You think, wow, she must not care very much about this wedding. She must not care very much about the groom. If we're going to live like Jesus, it takes a transformation. We can't take the things that we thought, the ways we acted before, and just carry them over and be like, well, Jesus is going to fit into this. It's actually about a complete surrender and a complete changing of the way we think and of the way we act. We can do this thing where we, we so... We're like, well, I'm a pretty good person. I just need a little bit of Jesus to help me kind of get over the hump. Right? To get over to the, get over the top. Instead of recognizing what the Bible says, which is that to our core in, as humans, we are corrupt and we are sinful. To our core. Before we know Christ. It's not a judgment of of whether we're trying or not. It's not that we've just given up all hope and have just, just let ourselves go. But it's actually recognizing that there is a problem much deeper than we can fix. And that we need Jesus not just to come onto our side, but that we need him to take us to his side. That we need to be so transformed in our relationship with Him so that we can actually look like Jesus to the world. As a bride prepping for a wedding day. That kind of transformation. When we, when we think we are okay, we just want Jesus to agree with us. And we remove the process of becoming like him. Of the bride being made ready for the wedding. After all, we think she just needs affirmation. She just needs encouragement. But actually what we need is we need transformation. Matthew 15, Jesus is talking about what actually it is that, that, that makes us unclean. 
And he says, it's not what you put into yourself. It's not what you eat. But it's actually what comes out of your heart. He goes on, he says, after, after the disciples say, don't you know that you've offended the Pharisees? Jesus replied, every plant that the Heavenly Father didn't plant is destined to be uprooted. Stay away from them, for they're nothing more than blind guides. Do you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, how often is that the case that that the things that we're filling up on in life, the people we're listening to, that it's actually the blind leading the blind. See, I said last week that that following Jesus is countercultural. You can't follow the message of culture and walk with Jesus as a follower, as a disciple. In fact, there's a, there's a verse that, and uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on where it is. It's either in, in uh, one of the Johns or in one of the Peters. It narrows it down a little bit. <laughs> but but, God, but the, the author actually says that, that friendship with the world is enmity towards God. This idea that, that we are supposed to so be transformed by Jesus. And not as a, I, I hope you're not hearing me saying this as a religious, you got to do this, you got to fix your lives up, because it's not. It's about being so in love with Jesus. It's about so desiring to know him as a person. That, that I will throw away everything else. I don't want anything else to get in the way of just my absolute Passion and desire to know him deeper. That I would be so consumed with who Jesus is that nothing else would be as attractive, that nothing else would draw my attention. So often we can. We can look at our lives like this and and we have all these different things written in them. We have social pressure. We have others' views and opinions of us. And these, these are the big words in our life. So we have that book. And we fill our lives with another book. Right? Confusion. Politics. Conformity. Religion. Hurt. Offense. Fill it with news. Fill it with Facebook. We fill it with friends. We have these big books in our lives filled with all of this stuff. But when it comes to knowing Jesus, when it comes to the role of, of His Word in our lives, it's about that big. Those are the things that, that consume us and take up our focus in our lives. Those are the things that... that 
we get fired up about. But when it comes to the word of Jesus, this is actually, you can't see that from there. Anyone read that? They're actually Psalms. It's, makes me more righteous to carry. I'm just kidding. They're, they're, the words are so small in this, in this print that I can't even read what it says. I, I would have to sit here and, and focus like crazy. And yet how often do we set the word of God in our lives at that point? We feed on all these other things. And then almost like a, a toothpick at the end of a meal. Like, oh, I guess I should, I should read some scripture. should get to know what Jesus thinks on this. But the things that, that are weighing heaviest, the things that are, are, are affecting us most in our lives are these big books. Maybe for you it's fear. Maybe it's what others think. Maybe it's something you were raised to believe. But I see a church that will choose to live like Jesus. Where we will choose to raise up big people who are becoming more like him every day. I see a church who is filled with big people who know who they are and who know who they are created to be. A people who are confident and healthy. I see a church who is walking in the power, the gifts, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So that Jesus will be made famous in the Gulf Islands. So that Salt Spring will discover Jesus through our lives. Jesus says this in John 14, 12. He says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith Believes in, believing in me will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with the Father. So how do we do this? How do we take a step in living like Jesus? Number one, instead of saturating our lives in these things and making Jesus the minor, the minor point, we need to saturate ourselves in his word. Allowing that to be what defines us, where I come to him and say, Jesus, I can't go forward without you, so just tell me what you think on this. See, we can go and we can read scripture and we can say, well, this, we we find all these contradictions. But I bet you, you wouldn't find nearly as many contradictions as if if you're reading to discover Jesus, as if you're reading to try and make him fit into your box. I bet we would find Way fewer contradictions if we're reading to discover Jesus than when we read to try and fit him into our paradigm. He never fits into your paradigm. So we need to saturate ourselves in his word. 1 Peter 2, 1 and 3. 1 to 3. It says, So abandon every form of evil 
deceit, hypocrisy, feelings of jealousy and slander. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave this pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. Especially now that you've had a taste of the goodness of the Lord Jehovah and have experienced his kindness. So how, how do we grow big people who look like Jesus, who live like Jesus? Church, we need to become so saturated in his word. If, if we're going to live like Jesus, we need to put in priority the things Jesus put in priority. He didn't come to, to back up a certain belief system or a certain political system. He came to establish the kingdom of the Father. He came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. That was his mission. That was his mandate. And if we're going to grow big people, big, big people grow big because of what they feed on. What they fill themselves up with. Okay, a bodybuilder doesn't get, well, okay, unless he's on steroids, that's, we'll not go there. A healthy bodybuilder who's trying to get in shape pays attention to what they're eating, what they're putting into their body. Every calorie is accounted for. Right? They're not sitting there eating chips and watching TV and filling themselves up on junk and cake. And expecting to be a big, strong, powerful person. But yet spiritually, how often do we do that? I'm, I'm guilty of it. This isn't, a, this isn't a pointing fingers thing. How often do, do I get myself wrapped up in, in what culture thinks and what my friends think and what social media thinks and what the news thinks? And what fears I have? And I forget to go to... The, to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you think about this? I get so wrapped up in my feelings and my emotions about it, and I forget to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, saturate me in what you say. We live right now in a culture, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we live in a culture that is so outraged about everything and every detail. In fact, if you're not outraged and angry at this very moment about something, I'm sure I can find you something too. Right? You're, you're probably not living your life to its fullest if you're not angry and upset with somebody or over some issue or some topic. And I'm not saying that we withdraw from those things, but I'm saying how much of that is the blind leading the blind? Instead of going to the one who has the most wisdom, who has the most insight, instead of going to Jesus, the one who is the author and perfecter of life. The one who is the bread from heaven, as we talked about earlier. And letting him be the one to transform us into his image. I can guarantee you that by getting outraged over everything, aside from being mad all the time, you're not going to look more like Jesus. 
But when we get into his word, when we get into what he says, and we just saturate ourselves over and over and over. When fear comes, when, when worry comes, when, when other uh, things try and just weigh on us. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy to let those things weigh on us. We go back to him and we say, Jesus, what do you think about this? Jesus, make me more like you in this situation. Holy Spirit, come and just transform me. I'm going to close here in a minute, but I want to say this. You are not a sub-genre of Christ follower. You're not a liberal Christian or a conservative Christian. You're either a follower of Christ, expanding the kingdom of Jesus, or you're not. And I totally understand. Some of you maybe in here, you're, you're discovering and you're, you're searching and, and you maybe haven't met Jesus yet, or you're still in the process of meeting Jesus. And that's awesome. Keep going. Keep discovering, because he will make himself known. But I also want to encourage you that there's no halfway in following Jesus. So, Search and discover. But until you're ready to surrender, don't, don't say, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ until you're actually a follower of Christ. Because we do ourselves such a disservice by building our lives around anything that is not Jesus. And that's not the, the, about expanding the kingdom of God. I see a church that chooses to live like Jesus. To make him famous throughout the Gulf Islands. That comes into alignment with what he says so that they can come into alignment with his power and his presence. And as we look at the mission and direction of the church as we're launching into a, a new season, trying to clarify why we do what we do. I see a church that lives like Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, are we willing? Are we willing to do what it takes? Are we willing to make Jesus more than just a fashion statement? Are we willing to come and actually live out the words of the song we sang this morning, I surrender all? And pour ourselves out over him. Pour ourselves out for him.
Jesus, we love you. Mike, do you mind coming up? Thanks. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. You've given so much for us. We ask that this morning that you would come. And transform us. That we would set our eyes every day on becoming more like you. That we would refuse distractions. And anything else that would try and take us away from what you have for us. And that we would just be consumed with such a passion for your name, Jesus.